0: Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. Join us as we travel to Farah Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of Heroes.
1: From high atop the walls of Daggerford, we watch the sun sink into the Sea of Swords. Along the rampart, Daggerford guards light braziers as they prepare for the evening watch. We turn around and see the entire town of Daggerford, its streets and buildings now dark and scattered throughout, specks of warm light emanate from windows and street lamps. We look down and see, directly below us, four figures walking down a quiet street. We swoop down from the wall to street level and watch as Cullen, Jake, Esmir, and Jack walk up to the front door of Sir Estival's home.
0: <laughs> it is us, those guys! It's D, we're home!
1: And then a moment later, uh, the door swings open and uh, standing there, leaning on his cane, is Sir Estival. And he smiles. I, I had a feeling it would be you guys. And then he sees Jack standing there and he's like, Jack! And they, and they hug in a bro like manner. <laughs> wow, we are back. <laughs> come in, come in. Stina, our friends have returned and Jack is with them. And then as you make your way into the main room, uh, Riley runs up and she's like, Uncle Jack! And she gives him a big hug. Uncle Jack? he's in tight
2: i know i mean maybe i'll be auntie esme one day
1: (laughs) and i look over at riley and steena comes out and she's like welcome back everyone it's so good to see you safe and sound come on riley we have to go prepare more food and they head back into the kitchen and uh sir estival he goes over to the bar and he uh, uh, opens up a bottle and grabs some cups sit down sit down let's have a drink and as he's uh, filling your guys' cups up, he's like, wait, where's Elric? Is he still at the stables? Oh. oh, I wish, I wish. He
0: is in the first level of hell, I'm afraid. <laughs> and he's like,
1: what? <laughs> and as he's pouring the wine, uh, he misses the, uh, the cup and the wine spills all over the table. And he's like, the first level of hell? What are you talking about? It's a bit of a long story. It's a very long it's story. It's a long
2: story. Um, But, you know, uh, so did you ever hear of a guy named Ulrich Elbion?
1: Hmm, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I assume he's a relative of Elric's, yes?
2: Apparently, he made the deal with the devil, and the devil came back to collect him
1: collect his dues. And, but what, and he What's that got off, to do with Elric?
2: Well, he pissed off a night hag who I think he, didn't he murder her somebody? He did something. Oh, no, he murdered her family or something like that. Classic tale, right? <laughs> uh, girl watches her family get murdered, ends up
0: becoming a anyway, night hag.
3: Yes.
2: Becoming a night hag. She put him in a skin sack.
3: Leader to, you know,
2: Oh wait, his wait. soul up. And then Esmer opens her bag, and she's looking through her bag. She's like, "Here, look at this is the skin sack." She put him in this, the skin <laughs> I sack. was like, ooh. <laughs> and then we got we got stuck in a spooky house. We killed the night hag, took the skin sack, and Elric had it in his backpack. Then when we got Hi. the fire hammer hole, the skin sack got hit with the thingy, and then exploded. And somehow Ulrich. Took over Elric's body. Well, you see, his soul was in that skin sack.
1: And as you're explaining all this, uh, Sirishevuli, he, he uh, plops down into a chair. He's looking all upset, and he looks at you with a, you know, like a confused look. And he's like, "What?
3: I, it's really, it's really simple if you follow along. It's really, it's like this. Okay, spooky house, uh, a skin sack with a soul." <laughs> uh, uh, crossbow bolt breaks skin sack soul goes into Elric takes over his body and then we fight a demon in the dungeon of Ferry Jack
1: interrupts you it was actually a devil the devil
0: it was the devil he, we bested him but then he grabbed onto Elric and took him with him down to hell I almost took Jack too
1: and Jack he nods tis true I almost suffered the same fate as poor Elric
2: that's
3: right. This this demon devil thing, uh, we think it was the boss, the master. The, the, these red wizards keep talking about.
1: Hmm. So, what you're saying is, is Elric may still be alive.
3: Yes, he took uh, yes. him bodily into hell, so he should still be alive.
1: Hmm. Well, I, I think that that is good news because whatever the strange reasons for this unfortunate uh, turn of events may be. I do see a glimmer of hope that we may be able to alter Elric's fate.
0: Really? And how, pray tell, would we go about this?
1: Well, I'm not sure how to to go about it, but the fact that he was taken by a devil means that he will be uh, serving this devil in some capacity. For if it was instead a demon who took him, then, well, all hope would be lost because he would basically be possessed by him, or whatever? No, wrong. no, it's, it's because his only purpose to a demon would be as a, a feast of flesh and bone. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Okay. Oh,
3: cool, cool, right, cool. Yeah. okay.
1: Where yeah. the devil yeah. wants workers, a demon wants food. Yes, yes, exactly. Demons are creatures of pure evil and chaos. They're nothing but will and hunger. Devils, on the other hand, are bound by rules and laws.
2: They're classy. They're like the classy bad guys,
1: yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd call them classy, but they have a hierarchy and structure. Uh, Their purpose is, of course, evil, uh, but their goal is always to rise in the ranks and to rule over the devils beneath them. Huh, okay. Therefore, uh, you know, a devil can always be bargained with as long as it uh, aids them in achieving this goal. And, of course, the main way devils do this is by making contracts with mortals. Contracts that uh, promise power and riches in exchange for a service or even for their mortal soul. And a devil must always fulfill their end of the contract, otherwise they will suffer a, a painful eternity. And this is because of the Pact Prime Evil, which was a contract signed between the gods and Asmodeus, the ruler of the Nine Hells.
0: Mm. interesting
3: devils want to serve you with papers uh, demons want to serve you with a nice gratin
0: <laughs> and a sprig a sprig of parsley I don't think we really have enough in my pack here to trade for Elric's <laughs> soul
3: I don't think they'd be interested in your holy water I think
2: what we gotta do is we gotta stop in the lawyer layer of hell and pick up <laughs> one of them lawyers <laughs>
3: I think there's a lawyer here, hell specific.
2: Right, we'll get one that we can, you know, <laughs> get on our side because there was no contract ever written between Elric and the Devils. So if we get the right lawyer to go there, they can negotiate him out. Hmm. Is that what you're getting at, Isti?
1: Well, not exactly. Though that's not a bad idea. <laughs> but Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is a glimmer of hope that we may be able to find a way to release Elric from his bondage. And he stands up from his chair and he holds out his cup of wine and he says, and I, Sir Istival, make this promise to you. After we finish dealing with this this red wizard scourge, I will do whatever is in my power to aid you in finding Elric Albion and bringing him home. Here, here. Cheers to you, my boy. Yeah, here! Yeah. We will storm the gates of hell. And Jack also raises his cup and he says, Aye, you can count me in on that promise. Cool. All right. To Elric. To Elric. Chink, chink, here, here. Chink, chink,
0: chink, clink, clink. And
1: then uh, Sir Estival bows his head like he's, you know, gonna pray. And he says, Until then, I beseech you, Lathander, bringer of the dawn, to watch over Elric in this dark place and bring him light and hope that his friends will one day find him in the darkness of the nine hells and bring him back to the light. Hear, here. amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. And then uh, uh, Stina and Riley, they come out from the kitchen with dinner and they put it on the table. And it's a, it's a delicious smelling lamb stew. Uh, Mm. topped with crumbled Mm. goat cheese and there's a freshly uh, baked Mm. loaf of marbled bread. And Riley, uh, she uh, brings out Esmir's special chair and then she uh, plops down a salad and says, Here's your gnome food. Oh, okay.
0: Here's your gnome
1: food. I had a
2: friend that was a lamb once, but that's okay. That doesn't bother me at all. El- 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 Esmir moves her plate to the as far away as possible
0: from the lamb stew. <laughs> and she's gonna eat for over there. Sorry, lammy. Pardon, our friend. She gets a little skittish around dead animals, but let me tell you, this is fantastic. It's absolutely delicious. Thank you so much, Stina.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome. And Jack's already, you know, he's already chowing down. Oh, I miss your cooking, Stina. It's so good. Yeah. I miss any cooking that's not pickles. <laughs> Absorb. <laughs> Zorp. Zorp. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I was, you know, actually, I was thinking about cooking Zorp tonight.
0: Oh, I'm so happy you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) This is far better than Zorp. I hear Sherlyn makes
2: a good stew. And I look over at Jack. Doesn't she?
1: I would know. I've never had dinner at her place.
2: Oh, maybe you should see about that.
1: Maybe you should mind your own business. Esmer is playing matchmaker.
2: Why? Why start now? Why would I start now? That's weird.
1: You see Jack blush a little bit, and uh, and Sir Istval he raises an eyebrow at you, Esmer.
0: <laughs> Here's to Jack and to Stina's cooking. Here, 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 here. No zorp. <laughs>
1: Stina, it's Dina. Yes, Esmir.
2: Come here. And then Esmir takes her backpack out. She's like, I got something in here for you, okay? She's going through her bag and she gets the copper utensils that she got from the um, fire hammer hold. Check this out, these are for you.
1: Oh my goodness, thank you. Oh, these are so nice. <laughs> she,
2: they are nice. She's
3: very thoughtful. You know, when we see her rummaging around in the dungeon like that, we don't really know why and now it makes sense.
2: <laughs> it makes sense. It's like souvenir shopping, but the stuff's all free.
3: She had this uh, bag of holding, and we would figured she was just trying to, you know, fill it.
2: (laughs) These are very fine copper cooking utensils.
1: This is very thoughtful of you, Esmir, but you didn't have to bring me any gifts. Oh, that's
2: okay. You cooked these beautiful meals for us, except
3: for...
1: Uh, They're all dead. They're not using them anyway. That's true. Oh, I, uh, well, I'll, I'll go wash these now. We didn't use them to kill him with.
0: <laughs> Although that would have been fun. Like maybe that spoon.
3: <laughs> that could be an eyelash.
0: And, and I brought you something as well. And I reach into my backpack and I pull out 10 of my 12 candles. <laughs> it's like a big Water wad of candles. He's, he's
1: give her 10 candles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah, hi. Thank you, Jake.
0: Sure. I know they'll come in handy can always <laughs> use a candle. <laughs> so now I've got two candles left. Hey, Esty.
1: Yes?
2: Did you get our message from Jolkin? No. D- y- wait a minute. Uh, didn't uh, Kelson? didn't he send you a walkie-talkie message?
1: A walkie-talkie. Oh, no, I don't have the other sending stone. Lord Flushen has the other stone. Oh, And Lord Flotion is no longer in Daggerford. He left yesterday for the Flotion estate to finally meet with his sister, Shalandra. Mm. Oh,
2: boy.
1: So tell me, besides Jack here, uh, what did you discover in Firehammer Hold?
2: It had been overtaken by underdwarves.
1: Underdwarves? You mean gray dwarves from the Underdark? I... Interesting. Were there any red wizards at the hold? No. No, but there was a... The devil. A fiendish
3: Duggar priest, Nally Farn,
2: Who was the underling of a red wizard.
1: Oh uh. no, I don't think, I think he was yes. his own boss. Yes, he was, boss. I believe. And Jack says, aye, Azmir's correct. A red wizard came to Firehammer Hold while I was being held captive there. And uh, he seemed to be in charge and was uh, coordinating the Durgar's uh, activities at the hold.
3: But we believe that the wizard that came to visit was the very wizard the Duke has in his dungeon now.
2: And you better not say he's not in there anymore cause I'm gonna be pissed off.
1: Thegargrin? No, no, he's he's still in the dungeon. I don't know. Okay,
2: good, I'm gonna go visit him.
0: I don't know if that would be the same guy. It
1: was the same red wizard.
0: Was it, Thegar Grin? It was, was Thegar the Grin, yeah. Hole? Gotcha, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh, so he's a busy man, or was. <laughs> now he's a busy balloon. Now he's
1: cooling
3: his heels in the Duke's dungeon. Yes.
1: And Jack says, it seems that the Red Wizards were using the Duergar and the Hold uh, to forge weapons and siege ladders.
0: I- yes, we saw them building these long, gigantic ladders that can only be used for a walled city such as this. Hmm.
2: And it seems as it seemed as though they had already finished.
0: That is correct. We believe that they have moved on with all of these weaponry in their arsenal to try to uh, somewhere in the forlorn hills. They must be encamped,
1: gathering their strength and preparing for battle. Jack says, "Yes, they mentioned some place called Bloodgate Keep, hmm. and from the way they were talking, it's someplace north of Daggerford." possibly in the Forlorn Hills. Mm.
2: Bloodcade Keep sounds like a place they would probably go to.
1: And Sir Estival's like, hmm, yes, well, that makes sense. Hadar is returning from the north, and uh, his message was short, uh, but it seems as though he has vital information about the Red Wizard's plans and a way to help us stop them. Really? I expect him within a ten day.
0: Ah, Mm. I miss that man. I hope he brings maps.
1: Aye, then we should stay put until we hear
0: from him. Unless there's some, uh, quest that we need to complete before. Well, ten days is, uh, well, within the ten day. Can you be a little more specific?
1: <laughs> no, that's just what his message said. Ah. Uh,
2: oh, by the way! And I, I, Esmir opens up her bag of holding. Check this out! And she opens up the bag of holding and she pulls out the a rolled up piece of paper and opens it up and like, look, and it's the wanted poster. <laughs> Someone's got a hit out, put a hit mm. out on us.
0: That's right.
2: And apparently they sent the flunkies from the ninja school to kill us.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a lot of flunkies that they've got after us right now. And I'm afraid that some of them might not be flunkies. In fact, I think that at some point they're just going to get a whole bunch of flunkies to come at us at once. That's okay. Okay.
1: Mm. Someone is willing to pay a lot of gold to hire the Centaurum to take you out. Yeah. Mm. I think they need to add a couple of zeros. Doesn't look big enough. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) This is a good thing.
2: Hmm. Okay. come on. Keep spinning. Keep spinning There is. Well, maybe
0: it's a good thing in the sense that we could be the bait. Is that what you're talking about? While everybody else kind of goes around and then infiltrates.
1: As they chase after us? No, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was just thinking that this is a good thing because it means that um, that you're pissing off the right people.
2: Oh yeah. Ah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's not a good mm-hmm. thing that someone wants you dead. It's just a right. good thing that you we got you. You're on the we right path, that. you know. Yes, yes. Hey, right, we're having an I effect. Agree. We're leaving yeah. our mark. On March. the
2: hero's yes. path.
1: Yes, exactly. All right, so you guys finish having dinner, and you uh, you retire to the study. Uh, Jack starts a fire in the fireplace while Sir Istival pours some uh, snifters of dwarven brandy. And you guys sit and talk into the night about everything uh, that, you know, uh, has happened to you guys over the past two weeks. Um, is there anything you want to talk about specifically or anything you just, you want to ask Sir Istival about? So what has been going on here? You mean here in Daggerford? Yes. Well, let's see. Uh, While you were away, I've been uh, keeping tabs on Nazia and the Duke. Uh, He's quite smitten with her. Uh, It seems like they're going steady, as the kids say these days. Mm. And, well, the Duke's been in good spirits lately. And I feel it has to do with your successful exploits in the area. He's been asking about you. He wants me to uh, let him know when you've returned. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, must mm-hmm. mm-hmm. thank you in person for all you've done to help Daggerford. Mm. Sure, they'll be warned. I, I think he means to make a big spectacle of it, like uh, making you honorary citizens of Daggerford, which yes. may or yes. may not have been my idea. <laughs> but he is a politician, after all. It's probably just a PR stunt to make him look good to the citizens. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're best buds now. Yeah, now he, he didn't like to us see when we us. left. I
1: smell
3: a
2: trap? Was he like? Hello, Sir Istavo. It's so nice to see you. Was he like that?
1: No. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a wooden delivery, you know, <laughs> that you would
3: expect from someone being mind controlled. <laughs> exactly.
1: No, no. He, he seemed to be quite normal. Mm.
3: Mm. So here's an asshole. His usual self.
1: <laughs> no, no. Like I said, he's been in good spirits and actually been quite pleasant,
3: sir. Instable. There's like, there's a couple of big red flags
0: here. Exactly.
3: That, that see a woman is like some kind of creepy little seductress, and I mean, she's gone, been going around. I mean, I'm not judging here, but she's been with a number of different people who have ended up in, you know, various states of decomposition. Yes. No
2: one finds that suspicious. Nobody. <laughs>
0: ridiculous and it's not and that to me is not the issue as much as all of the weirdness that has been surrounding her and suddenly she disappears into the castle with him they're going steady quote end quote you say
3: (laughs) hey she's not even of the nobility exactly seems
2: highly suspicious to me and all her ex-boyfriends are dead
0: Yes, and, and so suddenly all funny. of the strangeness is happening about her, and uh, and then suddenly he's so anxious to meet us in person and have this big assassin's assembly with us. Assassin's <laughs> assembly?
3: Yeah. No, thank you. It all smells like a bunch of Zorp. Yes. <laughs>
2: Should we all wear our bullseye T-shirts when we go to this shindig?
1: No, no. Listen, <laughs> I-, I think you're being overly paranoid, Listen, it's quite simple. The way I see it is like this. The Sword Coast and the Delambia Vale are under attack, right? And while the Duke sits in his castle looking for his bloke, you guys single-handedly secure the region and bring hope back to the people. Jack squat. That's right. And because of that, uh, you guys have gotten famous, right? Everyone around town is talking about those guys. Meanwhile, no one is talking about the Duke so this is nothing more than the Duke attempting to make himself one of the heroes right and latch onto your fame he's a big showman is what he is and he wants to ride our coattails well that's right and there's no harm in that let him be petty the people know who the real heroes are and besides it's also good PR for for those guys uh, you'd get a reward and maybe you can finally meet with the Duke and Sell those dusty urns and get them the hell out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and speaking of rewards, and he uh, gets up and uh, he pulls a key out of his pocket and he uses it to uh, unlock a cabinet. And he pulls out an iron coffer with a wax seal of Daggerford on the lid. And he places it down and says, "Uh, So here's the reward Lady Morwen promised you. She dropped it off after you left for Jolkin with the first caravan. Is it
3: ticking? So I, I I push my chair back and jump up and go, Oh, huh, checking that for traps. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a little on edge, you know.
1: Someone tried to kill me in my bed.
2: <laughs> Did she hand it to you directly?
1: Yes, yeah, she <laughs> came over and we had some tea and had a nice little talk.
2: Why is it sealed? Well, you so... You know, we like our rewards just in cash handed over to us. <laughs> we don't need sealed boxes with... Wax seals and
0: weird stuff. Hey, Cullen, you still have your 10-foot stick? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) We can bring it out to the street and poke it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just use me perception. Ah, good idea. Ooh. 22. It doesn't look trapped. Okay, so I open it. Okay. You needed a twenty-three.
2: No, <laughs> All die. Game over.
1: <laughs> okay, so you you open the lid and it you know breaks the seal, and inside you see two hundred platinum coins, Ooh. just like what Lady Morwin promised you. Nice. She is a woman of her word. This is fantastic. So that equals two thousand gold, Ooh. which comes out to six hundred and sixty-six. Uh, gold pieces for each of you. Wow.
2: That's not a very lucky number of gold pieces. Mm. It's kind of creepy. I'm gonna just, just give me 665, okay? I don't need the last
3: one. <laughs> I have a way of uh, making this uh, a little bit less, you know, superstitious. And I, I take out 66 gold, or 66 gold worth of platinum. Yes. And I give it to ceristo I say, hi, this is for
1: Riley's education. Oh, that's very kind of you, Colin.
2: Wait, now you're sharing the treasure?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, oh, okay, okay. I,
3: it's my fake money to do with as I wish. Jake sits
0: back and watches the show. <laughs>
2: Now you're sharing when I wanted to do something nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's funny because every time we want to give something away, you're like, hey, that's coming out of your share.
3: (laughs) 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 But this is coming out of my share.
0: How thoughtful of you. It's all above board. And then I'm going to put my hand underneath your face and go, how about five, five, how about a cup of platinum for the poor? <laughs> <laughs> the
3: platinum, you know, that's for, you know.
0: For the alms box, you see. I, I,
3: I still need that better breastplate. <laughs> Here, how about I give you some some
0: coppers? Thank you. The poor thank you very much, and so does Agma.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: and before we finish,
2: um, I want to ask Sir Isti, if he knows anything about what happened to Curran. Yes. Even though I don't like him.
1: Oh, Curran. Yes, of course. I, I almost forgot. Well, uh, according to the folks that live with him, he never returned home after that big party at the Lady Luck Tavern. And uh, Sherlyn has searched the town several times and even the nearby countryside with no luck. Uh, and everyone she's questioned never saw him once he left the Lady Luck Tavern. It's like he just disappeared.
2: So he disappeared the same night that uh, one of my archdemocides yeah. g- came into town.
1: Yep. Your arch what? The the fight. Oh, yes, 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 that's right. Uh, the reason you were so upset after the party. Yeah. Do you Aye, think that's, that's slippery a That little bastard got away from us.
2: You
0: think that's a dinky? So was it your gnome friends, Esmir? Is that what you believe? I'm just saying that those two things happened uh, at the same time. Hey, well. And we all know
2: how I feel about going kidinkies.
3: Aye, but I don't remember him going home. I think we left before he did because we chased. We chased, uh. Cebu out the door. Hearn didn't leave when we left. He was still there. Right. Mm, so. Mm. The last we saw him, he was at the Lady Luck.
0: Yes.
1: There was lots of mischief that night, I remember.
0: We'll have to see about that.
1: I mean, we'll keep looking for him, of course, but, you know, we've, we've kind of exhausted all of our leads because, well, there are no leads.
2: I Well, that would be really unlucky. That would be really unlucky for a guy who's really, really lucky.
0: Yes, good point.
2: That's why I'm
0: thinking he was a liar. Somebody saw something at the Lady Luck that night.
3: Plus, he's worth quite a bit of copper and gold, you know. He might have been kidnapped.
1: Exactly. Where's the ransom note? Well, it's been two weeks. I mean, if, mm. if someone wanted a ransom, you'd think we would have heard from them by now. What
3: is this week you speak of? Are you say it was a uh, two-ten-day, <laughs> He gives a, uh, a ten-day
0: plus four.
1: Ah, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, a ten-day plus four. And nothing. And... You know, like I said, uh, Sherlin's turned the city upside down looking
0: for him. Yes, I think what his problem was, first of all, is that he was wagging his gold in front of everybody's face. That will never turn out good, news Oh,
1: but Curran's been wagging his gold around for years.
0: Yes, and also mm. he's been very generous with it. Yes, so.
1: yes, everyone's been helping with the search. The, you know, the folks of Daggerford love Curran. Yes, they do. And
2: person kidnapped him or he's evil <laughs> I'm still looking for a motivation here
1: Well, you know what? You can you can sleep on it tonight. You guys have had a long journey and you need some rest. And tomorrow, when you're refreshed, we can discuss more. We need rest, but we need to be in
0: a place where there's not a lot of windows for people to crawl into.
3: Aye, if we could get through one night without someone trying to stick a dagger in our liver, we'd be better off.
1: Yes. (laughs) And Jack Jack says, well, any assassin dumb enough to break into Sir Istival's house with all of us uh, adventuring heroes in here is going to, well, they're going to wish they chose another line of work.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
1: (laughs) And then, uh, and then Jack gets up and he stretches. Oh, so, uh, do I get my old room back? Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, Sir Estival's like, well, Esmer seems to have taken your room, so you'll have to discuss it with her.
2: Uh, Jack, um, Esmer doesn't share rooms, okay?
3: Yeah, but he was... Hung up on a wall and tortured. Yeah. Doesn't he get a comfy
2: so? bed for?
0: And he'd still be
2: there if it wasn't for us, so <laughs> he can you guys.
0: That's right. But notice how you said us. <laughs> And we're not cramming into a room again. Look at you two are small enough. You can share a room.
1: That's rude. <laughs> that's rude. Oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just sleep on the big sofa in the living room.
2: Yeah, I mean, anything's I gonna be comfortable for you at this point.
1: <laughs> Better than being chained to a wall. <laughs>
0: My God, she just turns on a dime when it comes to her
1: creature comforts, man. Let me tell you. And then Sir Istval's like, "Oh, uh, uh, speaking of which, I almost forgot. Uh, remember, you guys asked me to find a place for you. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. Well, I did. Really? Yeah, I have them uh, holding it for you. It's kind of a fixer-upper, but it's very spacious. Lots of potential. We can go look at it in the morning.
2: Hmm. How many bedrooms does it have?
1: It's got four bedrooms, one for each of you.
2: Ooh, four bedrooms. Well,
1: one was for Elric, but... That's okay. Well, we can make a den. Hey, we'll put a saddle in there.
2: A saddle room?
0: He's got to store it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a okay. saddle in the middle of the floor. And he, and Jake rolls his eyes.
1: <laughs> and Sir Esteval gets up and he bids you guys goodnight. And then he, he goes around checking the doors and the windows. Got to make sure everything's locked up tight. And uh, you guys head upstairs and settle in for a long rest.
0: Okay.
3: And
1: I'm going to push the dresser in front of the,
3: the
2: door. When I walk past uh, the girl's room, what's her name? Riley.
1: Riley, uh-huh.
2: I, I peek in to make sure there's no dolls in her room. <laughs> I'm
1: like, does she
2: have any? And I'm whispering under my breath, she better not have any dolls in there.
3: Sorry about your dolls, Riley. Esmeralda burned them. Don't ask, just hear some gold. <laughs>
1: You guys wake up the next morning refreshed after a ninja-free night, (laughs) and you uh, crawl out of the comfy beds, and you head downstairs to smells of fresh bread and rashers of pork. Ah, delicious. And you find uh, Saristival and Jack already sitting at the table talking while Riley goes around setting the uh, plates and silverware, and Saristival says, Morning. Did you sleep well? No assassins? <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful,
0: and it smells wonderful in here.
1: Yes, yes. Sit down. Sit down. Join us for breakfast.
0: Cool. Hey,
2: Riley, come over here.
1: Okay. She uh, puts down the plates, and she comes over to you.
2: Okay. I got something for you. Check this out. And then I pull out the... It's uh, the copper wire that I was playing with last night, and I created a an owl sculpture out
1: of it. And her eyes widen and she smiles. Whoa. And you can pin this on your jacket and you know, guess who it is? It's AC.
2: Yeah. Sounds like you got your own familiar.
1: This is so cool. Thank you. No
2: worries, girl. This is an Esmere original. You can tell everybody that we're friends.
1: She smiles. I will.
2: And if anybody messes with you, you write their name down, write their name down, and you give it to Aunt Esmere.
1: <laughs> okay, thanks Auntie Esmere. <laughs> hey,
3: yeah, and if anybody, if anybody, uh, you know, if you want them to disappear,
0: just tell Uncle Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake sits there with total concern on his face. <laughs>
1: For this girl. (laughs)
2: Hey, no one is gonna bully. Jack's like,
1: don't listen to Uncle Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as you guys are um sitting around at the table having breakfast, there's suddenly a knock on the front door. uh
3: (gasps) It's just a knock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And
0: And as you're going to answer the door. Exactly, and I pick and my PTSD. fork and knife up slowly, <laughs> and then I I look around and I say, "Well,
1: ninjas don't really knock, so I guess we should." No, no, they don't. Not known for their social graces. <laughs> <laughs> and Stina, uh, she makes her way to the door, and a moment later she walks back in, followed by a ducal soldier, who snaps to attention and says, "Sir Estevol, sorry for the intrusion so early in the morning, but I bring a message from the Duke." And Sir Estival says, ''Very well, let's hear it.'' And the soldier unfurls a scroll. ''Tomorrow, midday, the duke is throwing a celebration in the market square in honor of those guys. He wishes to publicly thank them for their heroic part in quelling the goblinoid attacks and freeing the village of Jalkin from its usurpers. The presence of those guys is humbly requested so that the duke may personally reward them for the previously mentioned deeds.'' And then he uh, rolls the scroll back up. Those guys aren't here. (laughs) Hey, buddy.
2: Hey, soldier guy. Did the Duke request that we wear our uh, bullseye (laughs) t-shirts?
1: He he looks confused and like he doesn't know how to respond to that. I will be there. We'll be there with bells on and thick armor and all of our weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Very well. I will inform the Duke. Have a good day. Cool. And he gives like a slight bow, and then he... Was well, this
2: like a corporate casual type of event? Or should we <laughs> wear something nice? <laughs> he
1: he doesn't answer. Yeah, he just briskly turns and leaves.
2: <laughs> okay, bye, soldier guy. Have a good day. <laughs> Say hi to Nazi <laughs> for me.
1: And Sir Estival says, See, I told you he was going to make a big deal out of it. Hey. I-
2: Okay, and now I have to think of how many ways I can embarrass him, but <laughs> passive aggressively so he doesn't know it.
1: And Sir Estival shakes his head. He's like, Esmir, Esmir, why why make an enemy of the Duke when he throws you a party? I, why not?
3: Oh, we won't make enemies. It's That's just a good
1: point. You know, you really,
3: you really, uh, what do you call that? Uh, you got on our bad side right from the first moment. I know we were, in his eyes, Nobody's back then, but, you know, but you should You should always treat people with respect, regardless of their station. I've always believed this to be true. Well, I agree with
1: you, Cullen, but unfortunately, that's not our Duke Maldwin.
3: No, he turns people out into the street looking for his stupid brick.
1: Yes, well... I got his brick
3: right here. And it's
1: pretty right cool. Right in me pants. Right here in me skivvies. Now
3: I know why it was...
0: Now I know why I wanted it. That fantastic. Nah, he
3: didn't know what it did. It was just an object to him, something he could fondle in the night to say how special he
0: was. It's hmm. weird that you said fondle.
2: I don't like it when you say fondle about something you keep in your underwear. Well. Yes. Yeah.
0: All night. <laughs>
2: I, you know,
3: I could see him there, sitting by the window, turning it <laughs> over in his hands by the fireplace, looking at all of its angles and its facets, and wondering what could it possibly be and thinking, oh, but it's all mine, whatever it is. And you know, he's just that
1: kind of guy. He's a creep. (laughs) Well, you're probably right about that, but he is who he is and making a spectacle won't change that. True. And besides, it sounds like it'll be fun. Nonetheless, well, (laughs) let's hope so. It'll be
0: fun until we get ambushed. (laughs) I think that everybody's going to have to have eyes on the back of, in the back of their heads.
2: Uh, oh, I'm gonna have AC out there on patrol. Hey, guys, guys, should we go out front and see if I, what my fluff ball turns into?
3: Hey, let's let's go out to the veranda and you know,
1: fluff the ball. Fluff
2: the ball. <laughs> Do I have to roll a D8 though, right, Mark?
1: Yes. Now you roll a D8. Hmm. It's gonna be a six.
2: Six. We got seven and eight now too.
3: Yeah, we got two no two numbers. We don't even know what six is yet.
2: Hey, okay, guys. This could be a really important day for us. This is, this is gonna be really cool.
1: And Suristful and Steena and Riley and Jack, uh, they follow you outside to watch and Jack's like, you know, they make a big deal out of this, like every morning.
2: Shush, Jack, quiet. I,
1: sometimes we wager. It's wonderful.
2: Here we go, guys.
3: Number six, number six, number um, six, action. six.
2: Six. Six. Six!
3: Oh! Finally, we know. Is it an elephant? Is it a tiger? Tiger.
0: We a got tiger. a panther.
2: Tiger,
1: tiger. Lion, no, lion, gonna, oh, lion. Oh, it's no. gonna be
2: something that flies.
0: It's
1: gonna be an emu.
2: Give me something <laughs> like <emu>. a giant
1: <laughs> it's eagle. It's gonna be an emu. <laughs> All right, so you uh, you toss out the fluff ball, and it transforms into a, a giant eagle. eagle. A, a bucket of ice. <laughs> <laughs> It transforms uh, into what looks like a Badge Badge, but it just keeps growing until it's a giant badger. Giant Badge Badge. It's a
2: Badge Badge 2.0. 2.0. So you're going to be Badge Badge Badge. (laughs) Badge
1: badge. So instead of being a small creature, it's now medium, and it's as big as uh, you humans. It's Big Badge. It's big badge. And the other difference is that it has multi-attack, so it can Ooh. attack twice. Oh. Wow, that's cool. A bite and a claw. Mm-hmm.
3: Now when it chomps down on somebody's, uh, you know, fuzzy bits, that's going to be a real hurt.
2: The true question is, folks, can I ride it?
3: You can
1: definitely ride it. Hi. So I'm gonna, nice. Esmer's going to
2: grab its fur, and she's going to flick herself on top of it like a cowboy. Hey. <laughs> And you know what? I'm riding this baby. I'm riding badge, badge, badge to the uh, parade. Mm. See how the Duke likes that.
1: Well, that's tomorrow.
2: Oh, oh tomorrow it could be even better.
3: Hi. Hey, if we're all ready, maybe we can just uh, uh, head on over with uh, Sir Estival to the new, to the new, uh, you know, excellent, you know,
1: those guys' secret headquarters. <laughs> yes, yes, great idea. Let me go get dressed and uh, we'll go take a look. Okay. So go ahead and uh, pick your st- uh, spells and other morning rituals. And I'll give you guys a long rest here. I'm going to um, do my prayers and then water my of endings,
3: okay? Yes, I just pick my teeth and pray we get moving soon.
2: I got to roll my portents. I
3: have no thing to do.
2: One, I rolled a 19 for one of my portents.
3: Okay. A nine. Nine and a 19. I like Nine it.
1: and a 19. So you guys and Sir Istival make your way towards the center of town. And Daggerford is uh, bustling with folks going about their morning activities and you can see that many uh, recognize you as you walk down the street, right? They smile and they nod at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon you get to the Market Square and find it packed with folks busily working on preparing for the festival. They're putting up tents and hanging up colorful banners. In the center of the square, Uh, You see a stage is being built and painted blue and white, uh, you know, the colors of Daggerford. Above the stage, someone's hanging the Daggerford flag, uh, which is a dagger over a a field of blue and white waves. And then you see a boy uh, waving a flyer in his hand, and he's loudly proclaiming, Duke Maldwin, hosts celebration in honor of those guys, festival activities, food and ale, games and prizes, music and more. Midday tomorrow, don't miss out on the festival fawn. And he continues uh, walking and calling that out. Nice. And Sir Istival's like, wow, the duke is really pulling out all the stops.
2: Hey, I'm going to pull out a couple of his stops. Well,
3: you know, a good leader spreads the wealth around. That's how you, uh, you know, earn the people's uh, trust and devotion. Can't sit up in your high castle hoarding all your wealth. Must be shared.
1: Yes, not to mention making it look like he's partly responsible for your heroic deeds. But it doesn't matter. You guys deserve this. And it's going to boost your reputation even more. The venture gigs are going to start rolling in as news of your exploits reaches Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate.
0: Yes, and this is going to my head.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you guys can kind of tell that uh, this is also going to Sir Istival's head. Uh, you see him, he's, he's walking next to you guys with a, his head held high and he's got a big smile on his face. And you, you can kind of uh, feel that he's uh, living vicariously through you guys, right? Uh, because, you know, he used to be a world-famous adventurer back in the day. And now um, you guys are like his, uh, his protégés, right? Right, right, right.
2: He's our manager.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he discovered us.
0: Right, right, right. That's funny. Asmir
2: is going to be... Hey, AC, come over here. Well, AC's on my shoulder. AC, I want you to fly recon over us and make sure there's no suspicious activity.
1: Yes, no snipers on the rooftops.
2: I don't like these crowds.
1: All right, yeah. Uh, AC takes off and he flies up above the city and he keeps an eye on the rooftops and the streets below.
3: Yeah, I think the crowd's going to pretty, you know, they'd be pretty easy for them to recognize us since we're probably the only people walking through town with a giant badger
1: and a <laughs> gnome riding it.
0: That's true. <laughs> and belling cloaks. And by this time, they know us, right?
1: Yeah, lots of the folks on the street are definitely acknowledging you as you, you know, make your way through town.
0: Yeah. You now, Asmir's
2: on badge badge, but she's trying to look intimidating. So she's got her, like, brow furled. And then she looks over at people and she does the points at her eyeballs and points at them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And because of the giant badger, everyone on the street moves over, uh, you know, over to the sides, giving you guys a wide berth as you're walking down the street, which, of course, uh, causes uh, even more uh, attention. So pretty much wherever you go, everyone's eyes are on your group. So um, if
0: there's any, like, homeless guys that are kind of sitting in the street, dejected and sad. (laughs) Um I'm gonna give him a pamphlet. As
2: opposed to the happy, cheerful
0: ones. I'm gonna give him a pamphlet
1: yes. and a couple of coppers. Okay. Agma loves you. Yeah, you find uh you find a beggar on one of the street corners and you hand him a pamphlet and some coppers and he looks at the pamphlet and then he looks at you and he says, Oh, you must be Jake, the cleric of Agma. I've heard about you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome, kind sir. Have a great day.
3: <laughs> or may the blessings of Agma be with you? Yes, that too.
0: Have a great day. Have a great day. He's more way. into the knowledge
3: than the cleric part of the job.
0: <laughs> Thanks for shopping. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks for your Thank you in for shopping
0: things. at Ogmart.
3: We know you got several choices in deity. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so you, uh. you find yourselves walking down High Road when Sir Istival suddenly stops and he says, Here it is. And you uh, look upon a storefront with dirty windows and peeling paint, and you see two for rent signs. One is above a second floor window, and the other one is hanging next to a sign that reads, Trade of Tools. Wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. So, all, yeah. what happened to the Tula trade? Oh, I heard the owner passed away. Oh, no. Yeah, he, he passed away just recently. They said the poor man worked himself to death and died of exhaustion. Tragic, really. <laughs> Jake. Yes, Esme. Jake. Yes, Esme. You
2: killed Uncle Frank. <laughs> And she, she's pissed
0: how did i kill uncle frank you sold him that cursed idol oh you
2: i slap him in the face you <laughs> bastard.
0: oh my goodness i feel so bad you should <laughs> hey, i even not what i to take no, us, buddy. no 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 i'm not i'm not feeling guilty i feel bad <laughs> you should <laughs> the poor uncle frank he was such a nice fellow. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, anyway,
1: somebody should have it. Maybe we could give it to the Duke. And Sir Istvul is uh, listening to you guys, and he looks a little confused. And he's like, Give what to the Duke? The cursed object.
0: What cursed object? The cursed object that was sold to Uncle Frank. You see, I didn't want it on my personage anymore. It was wasn't sold to sure. him. It
2: was sold to him. It you was see how he thought that?
0: It was, it was a test. Sold- it was a test. I did sell it to him. He bought it off of me. So did you know it was cursed when you sold it to him? No, I did not. Oh. It was a test. I was trying to get rid of stuff. That I thought might be causing <laughs> well, exhaustion. You know, just so happens.
3: Test successful. Clearly.
0: I was pretty sure it was.
2: I was 99% sure it was causing I, I was selling was stuff
0: because sure something was, was making me exhausted. So, just so it turns out that as soon as I got it off of my personage, I felt better. Personage. Well, I certainly wasn't going to go buy it back.
1: you will see. But knowing this, you let him keep it?
0: <laughs> I didn't know what it... I, I didn't know if it was that or the other items I sold him. How
1: did I, I know? Uh, you, you know? I
0: knew it was one of them.
1: But you knew it was one you, of you the I You need some absolution,
0: my friend. I didn't kill anybody. <laughs>
2: yeah, you
0: kind of did. You kinda No, kinda did. I didn't kill
3: anybody. We, we all said maybe you shouldn't sell the cursed idol to him.
0: I don't think that was ever said. I know damn well, Cullen. Let's
3: check the tapes.
0: Let's check the tapes. <laughs> if there's only a way we could relive that moment. And I would love for you to find a spot where Cullen says, oh, I wouldn't sell that to him. <laughs> if you're trying to make me feel guilty, it's not going to work. No, no, no. It's funny. So again... You don't
2: feel bad for selling a cursed item to a guy who ended up dead because of the curse?
0: <laughs> uh, look whatever it was, he started carrying it around. Because the only way, the only way that he could have gotten exhausted from it was if it was on his personage, that's it. Because if it was in his store sitting on a shelf, he never would have gotten exhausted from it. So whatever it was, he held onto it and he carried it around and maybe it was his little precious, I don't know. But all I know is that if he ended up dead, then I'm sorry for whatever he did with it, but I can tell you that it wasn't sitting there on his shelf, whatever it was, oh. that I sold him, that made him exhausted. and So
1: it's his fault for carrying it around.
0: Okay. <laughs> I think that worked
3: for me. <laughs> not so much for Frank.
0: <laughs> Onward. Welcome, podcast listeners.
3: Were you trying to find the recording? I am trying to find it, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, I think, I think this is it here. You know, inspire a person if they just find that special thing. You know what I mean? Yes, and I have something that you would like. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: It's my little octopus. I found sure. this on a quest deep into the dungeons we were. In a place unknown to most human beings, you
1: see. I found this this is worth a fortune. (laughs) A fortune, say? Well, I don't know if I have a fortune to spend on such a trinket, though it is quite fascinating. No, no, no.
0: See, you are a friend of mine. I would never <laughs> charge you a fortune. <laughs> Just a, uh, fair price. What do you say? Five gold pieces? Uh,
1: five. five gold
0: pieces? Well, ask him what he thinks is worth first. Hey. You, boy, <laughs> shut your high hole. That's you what I was saying. About negotiate, old man. Shut and then I jab an elbow into <laughs> Cullen's ribs. Turn your back, boy. <laughs> and then I and I turn back to him. As I was
1: saying, friend, Uncle Frank Fred. I tell you what, how about I give you two gold for it? It is a very interesting little work
0: of art. How about four? Can I roll persuasion? Sure. Okay. Persuasion with advantage, even though that was with a minus one, not horrible. And that is horrible.
1: <laughs> that is horrible. Confirmed. It couldn't have been worse. You rolled a yeah. one and a three and dropped the one. So, yeah, like I said, I'll give you two gold for it.
2: So you rolled crap, I did crap, and then you got some taken off, I did crap. Yeah
0: so what did you say two gold okay two gold it's yours uh, yes
1: okay it's cursed after all probably so you know wait what Nothing. <laughs> did you say it was cursed no I didn't <laughs> it sounded like you said it was cursed
0: would you like it? would you be interested in a book of fan tattoos <laughs> Ooh, it was straight from the the red wizard you see oh man that's funny so um okay yes you mentioned it was cursed I did say that. But you didn't
3: say... But now I realized that I, that I could have let Frank me. know. But then I said, no, no, I didn't say anything. I. You're all guilty. We're all complicit. We just let it happen. Oh, man. We didn't think there'd be any consequences. And there were
0: consequences. And, and, and Jake secretly feels bad. It's his exterior um, and his ego. He doesn't want bruised right now, so... That's why he keeps dodging and giving away all of his cash to the homeless. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> we'll have to do a segment called "Teachable Moments" by Jay with
3: that, with that Jake. sound with the, the more you know" sound, you know, the right. star. Right. Yeah, do, Teachable do, Moment.
1: Do, do, do. With when you find Jake. yourself with in the possession of a cursed the item. Of Think to yourself, how much gold can I get for this?
3: <laughs> and if the answer is more than one gold piece, then try and get the best
1: deal you can.
2: Should you a dispose of it as safely as possible so it doesn't get in the hands of innocents?
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter because you
3: won't have it anymore. <laughs> exactly. You're not cursed. F- that guy. And that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> then f that guy, f his face, f his store. F- everything about him.
1: F his mother. <laughs> f- his father. F his dog. Cause he ain't you. <laughs> he ain't you. And you need that gold. And you got two more gold pieces in <laughs> your pocket. <doo-doo-doo. laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so- I'm gonna buy myself uh, some twinkling pipe weed with this. <laughs>
2: hey,
3: that's like eight hits of twinkling pipe weed right there.
0: It is. You need that.
2: What's your Uncle Frank
0: worth? You were supposed to forget about that part of the story, <laughs> you brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's the it's it's the DM's fault that he's dead. We oh. he left. He was perfectly alive. The DM killed him, not me. <laughs> Don't go blame it, Jake. <laughs> you killed him. <laughs> you killed him. I mean, no, no, the DM you killed him. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> the, D-
2: the DM, the one you
1: got. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Row Radio. So we had a nice role-playing session where the players got to uh, reconnect with Sir Istival and tell them about their adventures and learn about things that happened in Daggerford while they were away. And that's kind of what's been happening since they got to Secumber. They've been telling various NPCs things, and the NPCs have been giving them their thoughts on the situation. And it's been a great way to uh, not only recap things that have happened, but uh, also an interesting way to help the players connect some of the dots to the, you know, to the bigger picture. And it's much more fun to do that through role-playing than just me, you know, telling them stuff or them discussing those things with each other out of character. But I also think that these types of interactions do something even more important, and that is they deepen the relationships they have with the NPCs. They become more than just uh, quest givers or information givers. They become friends or like family. And they become worth saving from the scourge of the Sword Coast. You know, a reason for them to risk their lives, so to speak. And it's been great watching these relationships grow over all the breakfasts and dinners and drinks that the players have been having at Sir Estival's. Now we got Esmir getting them presents and now she's Auntie Esmere, and we got Uncle Cullen. You know, now, none of this was planned uh, when we started playing three years ago. At first, Sir Istival was just the quest giver, and Jerry was just the shop guy. But those relationships evolved as the players interacted with them. And that's because as the GM, I tried to set up opportunities for that to happen, right? Opportunities where the players can interact with the NPCs, and their relationships can grow. Now, uh, one of the things that I did plan was Uncle Frank's demise. As as soon as Jake sold him that cursed idol, I wrote a note, Frank dies. And I wanted to do it uh, for a couple reasons. First, I wanted to see how they would react, which I knew would be funny. And I also wanted to give them a feeling that their actions have consequences and that the world they're in uh, lives and breathes even uh, when they're not there, right? Uh, The shop isn't only there for them to buy and sell stuff. And once they leave, it freezes in time until they return to buy and sell more stuff. Um, It's a uh, place with an NPC who continues to live his life even when the PCs aren't there, which again gives them a deeper connection to Daggerford which in turn makes it a place worth saving. And finally, and probably the main reason, is that I wanted to continue the story of this strange little trinket that they found in a pile of garbage oh so long ago, right? Uh, You know, something that they thought uh, was over and done with. So it created, you know, a surprising twist to the story. All right, speaking of relationships and deepening connections, you guys should follow us on Instagram. We're uh, posting stuff there all the time, and if you like what we're doing and want to help support the show, think about becoming a patron. That way you can get to listen to stuff uh, that I cut out, like a conversation about whether Uncle Frank of Trade of Tools uh, was like Jeff Bezos of Amazon, and a scene where the players role-play Uncle Frank's final moments funny stuff there. Um, You guys can check it out. Uh, You can find a link on rollrayo.com. You can also find a link to sirenscape.com where I get all the amazing in-game music and sound effects. And the game that we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons, Scourge of the Sword Coast by Wizards of the Coast. All right. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And tune in next time, because the story of that cursed trinket ain't over yet.